so are we just kind of doing a mini sode? Yeah, I guess so. I'm cool okay, with whatever. Yeah. I mean, do we um, not think we have enough for a full sode? How um, about just in case it's a full sode, we can do our, our like, greeting. You know, our welcome mm. to the show yeah. and all that shit. Yes. Well, we need to uh, welcome Dale back anyway. Hey, guys. Welcome <laughs> to the sorting chat. Welcome. I'm so glad to be back. I just want to say that I'm so glad that Dale's back. I was I enjoyed immensely the uh, Ian Haley episode. Um, it was awesome, top notch. I enjoyed that. It was tight. It was good. Um, it really made me want to go to Elvermorny like a lot. <laughs> America. Is that how you say it? America. Like it made me proud to be an American. But then I was like, wait a second. I'd rather go to Hogwarts. (laughs) I don't know, man. I wonder if they'll ever build, like, a Wizarding World Silvermorny edition. And they'll put it in England. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I mean, at this point, we just need films. We need, we need something. I mean, I would, I would love to see all of the backstory, you know, about Isolde and James and all you know their boys or and whatnot and creating Elvermorny and stuff and I think that's just such a cool story. Uh, it's interesting because one of them I can't remember is it James or Isolde that's not a that's a Muggle or a James nomad. Is James muggle. right? Yeah, James right. is a Muggle who came in apparently to Plymouth Rock, but Isolde is the Horn Serpent chick. Like she can talk to the serpents. So she's a Parcel Tongue, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Not See, neat. she's slipping in that, she's, uh, JK slipping that stuff in again about how Slytherins aren't all bad. Right. snake people. Exactly. She's Snake people? She's obviously, <laughs> she's obviously trying to, like, redeem herself about all the well, negativity did, that's Did anybody surrounded. ever say that, that snake, that parcel tongues were all bad? Except for, like. Ron did. Yeah. But what, is, what does Ron know? <laughs> but what is Ron, really? What is it, Ron? Parcel tongues are all related to, in some ways, related Slytherin. to Salazar, Salazar Slytherin. Like, that's, parcel tongues come from him only. Is that true? I believe so, yeah. Because the only reason Harry could was because he had that piece of, that Horcrux, you know, piece of uh, mm. Tom Riddle in him. It is always hereditary. Isolt's from Ireland, so she comes from that. Slytherin line and also her mother or I, I guess it's her mother who's mm. after her um, who she runs away from and who won't let her go to Hogwarts <laughs> because Hogwarts has this you know four house situation where they let muggles in and she's like anti-muggle. Hold on guys I okay. just gotta tell you something okay this is very important okay I am drinking a cherry Coke Zero. Yes, <laughs> that I that I picked up today at a uh, <laughs> at a conference, uh, a newspaper conference. Any of the four of you who have listened to all of our episodes, well, that's like two of us and two other people. This was the favorite drink of the young Pope, and I gotta say, I just tasted one of these for the first time. Oh my god, <laughs> this is an amazing fucking beverage. So delicious. You can't even tell there's zero calories. Hey, Cherry Coke Zero, hit me up. We'll get a sponsorship deal going. 
<laughs> that's all that's all i want to say sorry dale it was just so important for me to tell you that right no, now in the middle of your conversation oh. are you recording already okay Lauren? so gormley's oh, gaunt yeah. gaunt okay gormley's gaunt rescued isolt after isolt's parents were killed an attack upon their family home resulted in the death of both their parents isolt was rescued quote unquote from the fire by her mother's estranged sister. Sister. Oh, so she's a gone. She's a gone. A gone. So yeah, so she has Slytherin blood. According to this fandom site, nearly all known parcel mounts are descended from Salazar's Slytherin with Harry Potter and Herpo the Fowl being two notable. <laughs> I don't know, but Herpo sounds pretty foul. Let's see. Let's click on this. He was born in ancient Greece. I'm pretty sure you said Harry Potter. Did I? Harry Potter. And Herpo. And Herpo. Herpo the Fowl was an ancient Greek dark wizard. He is one of the earliest known dark wizards, and his work is still a lasting aspect of dark magic to date. He is best known as the first wizard to hatch a basilisk, and he was also the first wizard known to successfully create a horcrux. I don't oh, know why when uh, you said hatch a basilisk, I thought you meant like when you started to say hatch and just imagine him like literally hatching well, maybe, a, like, his like sitting on its little eggs until it hatched. <laughs> maybe he just loved snakes so much that this parcel tongue just kind of just kind of like emanated from his love of He burst a basilisk. Maybe you guys know this. The hatching a chicken egg under a toad will create a a fucking basilisk. Don't no, you have to do it in that. a full moon or something? Probably. Oh my god. Yeah, gosh. no, I knew that. He managed it to it in, Is that the um, only in, way? It's in that Chamber that can of happen? Secrets. Is um, it? I didn't know that. I think yeah, it's in Chamber yeah, of Secrets because they, they look at uh Hermione looks it up at some point. It's in the it's in the piece of paper they find in her hand that says pipes. Um I'm pretty oh. sure they read the text of the paper and it says something about it right. uh birthing oh, under that makes a sense. full moon. Okay. His name is Herpo. Uh I mean, I went straight to herpes, but it makes sense because of herpes. <laughs> well, you know how Rowling, like, totally, like, she thinks about these names. I know, but a herpetologist is a person who studies snakes. Oh. That does make sense. Is I didn't know that. Or reptiles or whatever. Does herpes come from snakes? Probably. Does the herpes virus? No. I've never, I've, it's never been proven that it hasn't, so is what I'm I'm sure right that it has here. been you proven that it hasn't. No, you've heard it first here on the sorting chat. Herpes comes from snakes. Herpes everybody used to, snakes. I remember when I was younger and I went to summer camp no. and everybody said that you shouldn't touch. What are those things that are, like, they have Frogs? arm. No, they have armor and they can, like, roll up. Roly polies. Um, oh, an armadillo. Armadillo, Yeah. <laughs> Everybody used to say that if you touched an armadillo, you would get leprosy. That's this was not true. Oh, what the summer. fuck? Okay, Google. No. I gotta ask Google. I gotta Google, can you get leprosy from a armadillo? <laughs> no. Yes, you can get out. Yes, you can. You can get leprosy from an armadillo. That's insane. For years, scientists have speculated that armadillos can pass on leprosy to humans and that they are behind the few dozen cases of the disease that occur in the U.S. every year. How? And in some places, more than 20% of armadillos are infected with leprosy. <laughs> more, more than 20% of armadillos 20%. are... You, I'm sorry, you heard this at summer camp? Yes, at Dogwood Acres summer camp in Vernon, Florida, where I went to summer camp for like years as a young Presbyterian child, we were told not to touch the armadillos because we would get leprosy or could or could contract leprosy. 
Right. That's insane. And we all know how Bible people treat lepers, so it was very important <laughs> that you not get it. <laughs> it's important. Um, but, like, like all, you know, they were cute. Oh, I don't know about that. My off poor subject. husband, we were, we no, it's fine. We can go off subject occasionally. It's fine. I'm going to tell you an armadillo story. It's not really a good one. Well, it's just like it my husband. You may have leprosy. No, we were. No, we were in the car uh, driving f- to, you know, to Panama City for Anthony's, as far as I know, first time in Panama City. There was one waddling down the road, and it was like he was seeing an actual alien. Like he'd never this seen a man from the Midwest. Before. No, they don't have armadillos in Ohio. And it was the same the first time I saw a groundhog. See, that's me. Like, I saw, um, I actually saw a prairie dog in Colorado. They're everywhere. Yes, and they have, they have plague. They do. Yes, they have. Yes. Um, like I saw him, um, Zach's um, sister lives in Denver and we went and visited them and they're like, every- did you get high? I totally did. I did. Yeah. We've talked about it. It's fine. I, uh, <laughs> on edibles. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anywho, this is, I've told this story because this is where oh, I, I got know. Ranch that's why she, that's why. She... Wait, the prairie dog story or the weed story? The fact that I am, I indulged in a new. No, experience. I know. I was. I was just. I Lauren was to, making fun of you. I. This was all. I was referencing a previous episode. I. This was all an. This was all a new and interesting experience for me, because I had never. Yeah. Prairie dog. So I, Did you see the prairie dog when you were high on edible marijuana treats? I could have. <laughs> I don't know. I saw. I. They're like squirrels there. I saw like tons of them. Like they were everywhere. Like like a squirrel would be. Did here. you touch one? I did not because I don't want to get the plague. Well, let me tell you the embarrassing thing I did today, real quick. We had a conference today. I told you that, um, and it was there was an award ceremony. And did you we, win? You know, every year they get. <laughs> we did win. No, I met you. Yeah, we won personally. I did win, and I won an award personally. Congratulations! I won first place for best column. Yay. Good job in my division. But since we won, uh, and since I had won my first award, the editor was like, yeah, you should go up and get the award. So I did. I didn't know what to do. I was. It was very awkward. Did you get a and speech? So we had to stand. No, no, no. We had to stand. Just stand and take a picture with the people presenting the awards. So the guy is standing there holding it, like, waiting for me to turn around and take the picture. And I'm just still shaking everybody's hands, like, <laughs> trying to talk to them. And my friend Megan, who went up with me, like, turns me around. I was like, oh, okay. So I go to put my hand on the award but I ended up like clasping hands <laughs> with the presenter behind it and then I and then I was like well I can't stop now so I just held his hand while the guy took like half a dozen pictures <laughs> so just held hands with the stranger I want to say that I saw a really cute dog on the interwebs today it's a little little dog called little fat oh I saw that I saw little fat that actually sits like a human on a butt and he's really chubby and he just announcement this has now become a little fat podcast <laughs> adjust your schedules accordingly and he Listeners. and he sits outside of this like food stand and just like people feed him because he's on his hinders like he's like sitting on his hind legs but he's so fat that he's just kind of like this like log of, of his legs yeah his legs don't even touch the ground like he's literally like a <laughs> solid log like if log from ren and stimpy were a dog 
it would be let's li- all go around and talk little about fat. what kind of thing we would build for little fat if little fat were ours i mean sure you don't get to participate because you don't like dogs that said that that my husband is um anti-domesticated animals like he, he just doesn't want us to ever own a pet mm-hmm. and i think his hard exterior says it's because it, you know that he doesn't want to deal with the you know issues that come with having pets but i think it's possibly really because he doesn't want to deal with the dying dying so what zach would not build for little fat would be a grave when i showed him little fat he was like i would take in that dog i would take <laughs> that dog little fat would live with us and I was like, I love you so much that you would want He would have his own room. Jasper and June would have to share. <laughs> it would be little, little Fat's room now. Why can't you be like your brother, Little Fat? If I had Little Fat, <laughs> I would build Little Fat literally his own house in the backyard. Like he would have... Have you ever read this, the book Mr. Dog by uh, the woman who wrote Goodnight Moon? I can't remember her name Um, right now something wise brown margaret wise brown she wrote a book called mr dog that i read religiously growing up i've read this book because of you (laughs) yes about a a dog named crispin's crispian who belongs to himself he lives in a two-story dog house he has a little fur living room and he has an ice box and he uh makes his own dinner and uh he goes out and he meets a little boy and they and the boy was like, I belong to myself, too. And, and he was like, well, let's just belong to ourselves, but we can be roommates. Aww. So they go to the butcher, and they get food, and they bring it home, and they each cook their separate meals. But they don't, I mean, they sort of share, but, like, it's very clear that they cook their own meals. Like, they're not cooking for each other. Mm. And then after that, it says, Crispin's Crispian was a conservative. That's where I learned that word. <laughs> He liked dinner at dinner time, bed bedtime at bedtime. He liked everything back in its place. <laughs> and it's just the book. sweetest little book. I and I want Little Fat to be in my backyard in a two-story doghouse m- making his own dinner. Listen, though. And, this, you the know. thing that would make me sad about Little Fat living in a house separate is that I wouldn't get to see Little Fat as much. No, no, no. You'd be neighbors. You'd be neighbors. I mean, he's he's clearly like a dog that's got his shit together, right? Like, he's figured out how to hustle in this world. And people give him food. That is genius. <laughs> Sherry, what are you doing? Well, as it turns out, I'm uh, feeding my cat because you guys just reminded oh. me that sometimes animals like that to happen. I have to remind my kids to feed mm. our fish Ricky like a lot. Your fish's name is Ricky. Yeah. We have a, um, let's is it short for Richard? It's just Ricky. Yeah, we got to get back on topic. We got let's so, What are we talking about? Didn't you say you wanted to talk about adorable wizarding animals? The little puff things? Are pygmy those puffs. inventions? Yes, pygmy puffs. Are those real? I like, think animals that, from a, like like I think the like, Weasleys uh invented them. Did they invent that? Like what they, the hell? They created life. They created their yes. It's a it's a puff skin crossed with something or something, right? Because it's that's why it's small. Oh my goodness! I don't know, it's Lauren. A pigment, look it up. It's a miniature puff skin. I don't know what a puff it's skin only is. Only breed the little tiny ones. Well, Fred and George were breeding them. Sell them in their store because I right. don't know how big regular puff skins are. It does not object to being cuddled or thrown around. <laughs> Really popular Man, with the like teenage uh, females. 
because they made them in like you know colors that we're trying to market to that demographic but there are animals do they have that can be pets though like that are not that are like magical animals like not cat no but i mean like magical not like conventional Mm. oh a magical cat oh there do y'all think crookshanks is magical yeah there's a whole thing crookshanks is not a regular cat there's a different like magical creature that crookshanks is i read this on the internet oh a half cat half nasal what is a nasal a weasel What's an easel? It's a feline creature related to and similar to a cat. They have spotted, speckled, or flecked for large ears, slightly tail like a lion. They are thought to have separate breeds like cats, blah, 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 blah. I want to see what magical... They have a very high level of intelligence, are independent, occasionally aggressive, and have an undetect suspicious and distrustful people. People. I was reading the books, was like, oh my gosh, what if Crookshanks is an animagus? <laughs> of some sort that just decided to just be this you know cat that was taken into hogwarts or something yeah i don't remember where or when i read that crookshanks was half measle but it was in something he was purchased from magical menagerie i wonder if you know i mean they wouldn't just sell normal cats right i think they would i mean they sell normal like well i don't know because when, when they're looking at um, Wormtail and they're like, you know, what magical abilities does he have, right? Because the other rats are like super fast or super smart. smart or whatever. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they do only sell magical, well, magical creatures. Well, yeah, owls, it's a magical menagerie. be super magical because they automatically know. Yeah. I wonder if that's, I guess, are. that's not like all owls, right? Is it just like, are there just magical owls that like exist in the wizarding universe that yeah. are different from regular owls. I'm gonna go ahead and say that all owls are magic because I've seen an owl up close and they know some shit. <laughs> all right, they know how many licks it takes to get to the center of a tootsie roll tootsie pop. <laughs> um, I just was looking at this wiki uh, page about measles, and do you know who else is half measle? Mister Mister Tibbles. Who's Mister Tibbles? Miss Fig's cat. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> That's why he's able to, like, you know, he's helps with the watching of Harry in book five oh, when okay. she's, like, keeping track of him. <gasps> Mr. Tibbles. Sherry. Is... What's up? I want to <laughs> write a fan fiction about how Arabella Fig and uh, McGonagall are, like, had, like, a thing. And that's why <laughs> Mrs. Fig is so into cats. <laughs> oh, man. That would I'm, be a I'm good done. That's it. Friend. The story writes itself. For it. The end. Yeah, all of Mrs. Fig's cats are, are part measle. There's Mr. Paws, Mr. Ooh. Tibbles, Snowy, and Tufty. That was the closest she could get to, like, an animagus cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that was all their um, bedroom play was, like, human and cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, this cherry, <laughs> this cherry Coke Zero is nothing to fool with. It is so good. I can't even believe it. Mmm. <laughs> Other natural flavors. <clears throat> well, what's your favorite? Measle whiskers creature? can be used in wand cores. What? But, oh! But they are said to make inferior wands compared to unicorn hair, phoenix feather, and dragon Makes heart. Makes you wonder. Um, okay, so McGonagall's wand obviously probably wouldn't be a measle whisker, but no, but that would be baller. That would be baller. I can't imagine she would ever have an inferior wand. Yeah. I know that, Sherry, um, if I had to guess your favorite magical creature, it would be fucking, I want to say Night Gaunt, but I know that's not what they're called. That's from a video game. The, you know, the Thestrals. 
Is that your favorite? I, I mean, yeah, like not if we're talking about like you know adorable creatures, but thestrals I think are the coolest. Yeah, thestrals are pretty darn cool. I can't think of anything that I think is as cool as a thestral. McGonagall's wand is dragon heart string core fir wood. According to Ollivander, all wands made of fir wood could be referred to as survivors' wands. Oh, because she is a survivor. Yeah. Her husband died. Yeah, her husband died. Mm-hmm. What are those underwater uh, creatures that the mermaids keep as pets? I looked this up because my son's been really into mythical creatures of Europe. Grind- Grindylows. 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 Yeah. We Grindylows. looked up Grindylows and we looked up um, Kelpies. Mm. And Kelpies are uh, those horses that they're water horses. But if you get stuck on top of one, like if you ride one, they pull you under and they drown you, mm. drown you unless you uh, speak the name of Christ. Wait, what are these? <laughs> Kelpies. Jesus Christ. Exactly. That's where that came from. That's where the exclamation of Jesus Christ came from. Right. We all get that primal fear of being fucked up by a Kelpie. In Harry Potter's second year, Gilderoy Lockhart gave Rubius Hagrid unsolicited advice about getting Kelpies out of a well, which Hagrid found irritating. In Harry Potter's sixth year, when Harry and Albus Dumbledore had to cross the Black Lake in the Horcrux Cave, Harry's thought that the lake might hold Kelpies as well as other aquatic beasts such as water monsters, giant serpents, demons, and sprites. What are what are your favorite magical creatures? Oh boy. Probably a phoenix. Oh god, yeah. Just be- yeah, because probably. that's like like I don't know. I mean, I that sounds like the a real like like an answer that's pretty common, but it's it's pretty cool. Well, that's cuz it's the most badass. Dragons are pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Phoenixes are awesome, and obviously like I my nephew's name is Phoenix, but I that's I like true. them, but at the same time if I'm thinking about it from like a real life perspective, like birds make me really uncomfortable. <laughs> No, birds are just like, I don't trust the way they move. And they, like, you know. They Even just... though you love dinosaurs and, like, I birds know. and dinosaurs are supposed to be, like. But, see, like, that's kind of what's scary about birds to me is that they are just, like, little that's tiny true. dinosaurs. And, like, they're unpredictable and they will just attack you and they could. They're very unpredictable. Yeah. their eyeballs out. And I know that, like, a phoenix wouldn't do that, but. It did it to the basilisk. Folks, I thought you were cool. Well, true. Yeah. But I would hope they wouldn't do it to me. No, mm. but he could. He could, mm. yeah. Well, how about a hippogriff? It's a little bit bird, but it's a little bit other shit, too. A hippogriff? They kind of freak me out, for sure. They, the cool thing is, though, is that they can fly and take you places, and that's really neat. So can Thestrals, though. I, I, yeah. do, I do think that hippogriffs are a little conceited. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to bow to them. You can't, like... It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Why don't you bow to me, bro? Blackbirds singing in the dead of night. Birds are really oh. scary. <laughs> I didn't realize that was you at first. If you fly, it will cause Sherry a fright. <laughs> Please don't fly, because she is afraid that you will poke out both her eyes. That's good. It's really nice. I liked it. Should we start talking about controversy? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that's a weird way to ask. Sherry, you lead us off. Well, let's maybe should we start with the most recent uh controversy and talk about the um the movie situation? Yeah. Hold on, yeah. sorry, I'm making some tea because uh I want some. That's I don't have to have a reason. Your hair looks great. 
I haven't watched it in like four days. It's gross. Oh, live update. Live update here on the podcast. Podcast listener Nathan Simmons posted uh, a picture. It's a picture of Harry Potter looking at his uh, at his uh, Hogwarts acceptance letter. It says, "Hello, you stinky wizard. Go eat a magic ugly." It says, "Is this canon? It's just a meme. It's a meme." I, I don't. To, I don't um, get I it. Look, I need to look at it. It is canon. Let's talk about Fantastic Beasts and whatever the second part of the name of that movie is. The Crimes of Grindelwald. The Crimes of Grindelwald. Okay, so what the controversy is, obviously, is that even though Dumbledore is going to be in the movie, and after the books were all done, J.K. Rowling was like, BT Dubs, Dumbledore's gay. Even though he's in this movie with Grindelwald, who was like the love of his life, um, and is like the villain in the movie, they're like not going to have anything about Dumbledore being gay or their relationship yeah so and, we know well, that this is coming sure. from, well so that's the thing like this is coming from a David Yates so David Yates directed the movie and it's coming from an interview with him where he basically said what did he say like it wasn't not explicit not explicit because like the fans um the fans will already know yeah and so people got really upset um myself included because it's like why like what is the why not yeah like right. why not um and also, like, it just seems like, why didn't she put it in the books to begin with? Like, it seems kind of cowardly to just, like, say it after the fact, having not put it in the books, and then to not, like, touch on it at all in the movies that are about him at this point in his life where he's in this, you know, he's I think having he... to interact regularly with a person that he had a relationship with. Right. Um, and, like, the, like, the fate of the wizarding world depends on him kind of going up against... Um, this former love interest. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because we can look back on the time they were, I guess, involved was when they were both young wizards, like, post-Hogwarts, so, like, late high school, early adulthood, right? That was mm-hmm. the time that Yeah, I mean, were... it was, like, Dumbledore's last year, and, like, or Grindelwald had been, I think, expelled, right? Like, a year before he's supposed to be done. In, in so the they were like, yeah, 1617. Of like historic, historically, would it be like, would it have been not just acceptable, but would their love have been explicitly, ex- you know, would, would it have been expressed? So, well, like even so, I mean, I would say that the, the wizarding world is kind of like different than the muggle world in terms of kind of you know, what is deemed acceptable and not acceptable, right? Um, But also in, I mean, it is because like, even if you think about it in terms of like, there being like a black woman president of the US Magical Congress or whatever, right? So like, they obviously have, yeah, like they obviously have different, um, they're not as I think, bigoted, maybe as muggles are, Mm -hmm. would be my, like my takeaway from that. But and also the whole idea of of English, um, like, like suppressing or even not really talking about those kinds of personal things. Does yeah, that but make I, sense? So, so, but I think also, like, even if we're saying, like, it, it wouldn't have been acceptable at the time, like, the thing is, it can be explicit in the movie yeah. without them being, like, out to people, right? Like, if there are, right. like, any scenes between them or, like, there are ways to make it, like, you know, part of who they are and, like, part of the story without... Um, but like working it into, right. you know, um, the restrictions of well, the time. You know, I, I mean, I can almost give it a pass. I, mean, I can give it a pass for not being in the original Harry Potter books simply because 
they don't really deal with the sexuality of any of the adults except for, right. you know, Snape. I can give yeah. that a pass because it's just an, uh, you know, it didn't seem like it was that, imp- I mean, it was kind of important to the story at the end there when we found out about, you know, his relationship with Grindelwald at all. But I can give it right. a pass. It's a kid's book. You can only focus on so many things. I'm not saying it's a kid's book. There shouldn't be gay people in it. I'm saying it's a kid's book and the romance wasn't it wasn't really that explored in general for the adults. But in a in the Fantastic Beasts films, I, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like the, the first one was really not geared towards children as much as yeah. uh, Harry Potter. Right. This is clearly a, a, a film that's geared towards an older audience, a teen, right. preteen. Uh, you know, the audience is age. It, the the works are aging with the audience, kind of. Right. Um, yeah. I do want to say that I don't necessarily... I, I do wonder what life... It would be an interesting thing for her to write what life might have been like for gays in the wizarding world because wiz- wizards certainly had their prejudices. Right. Um, and who yeah. knows if that's one of them or not. I mean, I, they're not... I mean, they, they do look at some things differently because I think just in terms of, like, there being so few magic people actual race is not a factor you know what i mean as much right. as it might be but but within the wizarding race you know it's the issue of blood and blood and whatnot uh blood purity seems and to be all the bigger yeah in the in the 1920s we're looking at adult adult uh dumbledore and grindelwald so this was what like the teens aughts early 1900s when they were young and and, yeah. and doing the whole for the greater good thing and impassioned with that, like for some reason when I look back on their like in my mind I look back on their relationship and think that their connective point was that that they fell in love with each other and that I don't know if it was two sided. I want to say that they loved each other, but I don't know how far that went. As far well, as well, they were teenage boys. If they were both into it, yeah, I I'm mean, thinking... but the the thing about it being over in any way, it seemed like it's... it would have been more of it between them. Does it that still, make sense? But it's still part of like their personal history, and so if you're right. like making, if you're telling a story about those two characters, you know, and Dumbledore having to, it's relevant to their their present uh, right exactly problems right. Yeah, and not, I mean, like, their relationship, including all of the, like, for the greater good and Dumbledore's sister and, like, all of that stuff is part of their relationship, but I think so is the romantic part of their relationship, and I think that's the concern that omitting that doesn't, you know. But then again, but then again, if Grindelwald was responsible for Ariana's death in any way, it could be completely, it could be that Dumbledore's completely written him off in every way. Imagine that this was a heterosexual couple that had been in love and been together. It would certainly be a point of contention, no matter who murdered who, it would make it even worse if they were in, if they had been in a romantic relationship. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly come up. Like, I trusted you, we were married, we were lovers, you killed my sister, like. Yeah, there's no way it wouldn't come up if right. it were. And when, and when he um, says it's not, when what was the quote that you had said, that David Yates said? He said it's not explicit. So here's the thing that's interesting to me is like, so after David Yates says it's not explicit, everybody freaks mm-hmm. out online. And then J.K. Rowling tweeted 
and I hadn't seen this until tonight. Uh, she tweeted being sent abuse about an interview that didn't involve me about a screenplay I wrote, but which none of the angry people have read, which is part of a five movie series. That's only one installment in. So it seems so like they- in that statement, she's saying like, a maybe the Yates quote was inaccurate. Cause she's saying none of the people that are upset have even read the script, but she's also saying right. um, there's going to be five movies in this series. So maybe she's saying right. like, it hasn't come up yet. So I don't like, know. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe we're all upset vignettes. for no reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's what I feel like. I feel like even with Grindelwald, like in the first film, like uh, the Colin Farrell character, the way he is with um, Bullcut Kid, Ezra the way he is. Yeah. When the way he is with Ezra Miller's character, he is overtly affectionate. He is. Well, we're not conflating homosexuality with pederasty, either. <laughs> there Isn't is... he, like, 18, though? Yeah, the... okay. he, He's not a child, and I don't think he's supposed to be a child. I think we disagreed on that part, like, at the in the very first episode. I thought he was supposed to be, like, 15 or something, but... So, I assumed he was, like, 18. But either way, I'm not saying that there is anything sexual no, about not whatever's sexual, going on. sexual, but what them. I mean is that he was using affection to gain this child or whatever teenager older teenagers trust he may have done that with dumbledore yeah that's what i'm saying that very well could have been a tactic he used to bring dumbledore into the greater good mindset and ideology i don't want to think of i don't want to think of it that way though i just i if it in my head canon um they they loved each other but i really we haven't got any um we we haven't got any uh evidence to suggest that that grindelwald is gay although you don't have to be gay to be in love with a man he could have also been extremely manipulative and manipulate and any use any uh weapon in his arsenal including sexuality in order to gain Mm -hmm. his own you know agenda that's a good point i really never thought about it that way before Really yeah, so I don't that. know. I, I I don't trust them at all. Complete. I don't I don't trust Grindelwald at all. So I don't think that he would. I mean, I want to believe that maybe Dumbledore had love and had true love in his life. That would be great. But I don't I don't trust Grindelwald. And I honestly, I mean, we've talked about Dumbledore's character. If he was truly good or if he wasn't, and obviously he's a very flawed character, and that's awesome, and I enjoy that about him. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't trust Grindelwald's. Um, he always had an agenda from the very beginning. So, well, let's think about it this way: if they really did live, love each other, we know that Dumbledore trusts his own judgment above just about everybody else's throughout the books. Right. Um, I'm not saying that he's an egomaniac, but there may be a, a like a touch of narcissism there. Yeah. You can't have a relationship with two narcissists. Like, two narcissists cannot no. be in a healthy relationship with each other. No. Um, I'm not Volatile. saying that he is a narcissist, but... Um, I mean, you know. it ends badly, right? They right. eventually battle each other. In the battle with Grindelwald, though, doesn't Grindelwald just, like, give himself give up, up because he doesn't want yeah. to kill Dumbledore? I think that's implied, isn't it? Where is that? Well, when you've I... got two uh, equally powerful wizards... I'm pretty sure it says it in in book seven, right? I, I just know. heard that Dumbledore defeated him. I didn't I hear that. the. Uh, it's Im- it's what implied, action. I think, that he defeated him because. No, I'm pretty sure it's it explicit in book seven. I thought um, says like he put off going for so long and then Dumbledore. I spelled Dumbledore Dumbledore Grendelwald. What duel? Let's see yeah. what. 
Let's see what the Harry Potter Wikia has to say about it. Oh, I guess it says it was the greatest wizarding duel of all time. So maybe yeah. he didn't just go quietly. That's why it's known. And that's actually why he's known as one of the most powerful wizards because of that. I guess what we're thinking of is just the fact that Dumbledore put off the confrontation because of his own feelings. But yeah. And then at the end when like Grindelwald dies, he just he won't give any information to Voldemort, Voldemort right? Did I know in my heart of hearts what Gellert Grindelwald was? I think I did, but I closed my eyes. That makes Hashtag me... so sad. Hashtag so sad. Aww. Hashtag, yes, he was in love with him because you close your eyes even if you're being manipulated, even if you're being... The heart wants what it wants. Do we have any other thoughts on this controversy? It may not be a full-fledged controversy yet, but... Yeah, I want to see what plays out because I do believe that she would write vignettes or moments that you could see that there was there's a history there romantically yeah i guess we don't even know like how much uh dumbledore is in like you know we don't even know how much he's in this movie i don't think the battle happens in this movie right so like maybe we don't yeah. ever see them together in this movie maybe it's just dumbledore putting off it does, it's not supposed to happen until it. the 40s so so yeah maybe like if if the battle isn't in this movie that means that they probably don't have any interaction and so maybe it's just you know him putting That's off true, seeing they didn't Grindelwald see each other again yeah yeah so that could make sense when is tom riddle at hogwarts i think the 50s is when riddle. tom riddle's at hogwarts i believe so because i wonder if tom riddle makes an appearance in any of the fantastic beasts movies that would be it would so be nice. cool yeah because i mean yeah. if dumbledore is teaching um he was born hogwarts, in 1926 so oh, wait that doesn't make any sense that does not make any sense. So that would mean that he would be at Hogwarts, what, 37? Yeah, before Jeez, he's so any of the... old. Hagrid was at Hogwarts at the same time as Voldemort, which means Hagrid's also so old. Yeah. Yeah. 1938. And this movie takes place <gasps> in 19... Uh -huh. Like, in the 30s, right? And Dumbledore's teaching at Hogwarts. Like, in, in any of these movies, like, it would make sense for Tom Riddle to make an appearance. Yeah. Right. Totally. Exactly. I so, do like the symmetry of like as one dark wizard goes down, another one is just rising. Yeah. In his place. But I wonder, like, I wonder to what extent like Grindelwald ha makes an impression on Voldemort because they don't. I don't know because it's really never. Yeah. yeah, it's never. It's never. Voldemort but never. If, but like, Grindelwald. if Grindelwald is like at the height of his power, right around when Voldemort is, you know, is at school. Yeah, like it would make sense for for him to be taking something from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in fact the only time Grindelwald is even mentioned is because of the Elder Wand and because of his search of it, he's he's in search of it. Yeah, but it's interesting that like Voldemort doesn't like there's no kind of recognition between Voldemort and Grindelwald of you know yeah like any yeah. kind of influence that he had or like maybe he doesn't have any respect for him because he allowed himself to be captured um, or Possibly. like Dumbledore defeated. Well, him it's or... one of those. It's one of those things where historical context gets lost in the present, you know what I mean? Right. A lot of times. Yeah. You know, so, like, people wouldn't necessarily, con I mean, they kind of, uh, it's very lightly connected uh, within the books, but people without understanding exactly what happened during those times wouldn't necessarily make the connection. And uh, maybe, I mean, I do like that this film is trying to do that. It's... Yeah. These, this series of films are trying to trying to create the historical context of this fictional world. 
It's um, so weird, too, because when you're reading the books, it seems like an extremely innocuous time, but it's just not. Like a lot of things happen. We look at uh, the, the trauma of past years as being more innocuous because they're so far removed. Right. But but when you think about Grindelwald, there's nothing innocuous about an evil wizard who's rounding up muggles, you know, right. <laughs> and committing crimes. I think, I think uh, there might be, too, a lack of respect on Voldemort's side for him because... <laughs> He's also from Durmstrang, and doesn't like Voldemort have this like really intense for Hogwarts, right? Only in as much as it was the place where he was allowed to get on with his shit. Yeah, I don't think it's uh-huh. like he he likes it, and you know doesn't. I don't think he cares one way or the other about the other wizarding schools. I just think he feels kind of at home at Hogwarts. Well, there's an obsession there too because he collects all of the founders trinkets and then right i think part of that is because they were supposed to be like super magical right so like hogwarts is kind of a treasure trove of like ancient magic and like the founders were really powerful so i think part of it is nostalgia but part of it is also strategic oh no jerry hello internet problems they happen to everyone, yes they do. Death and taxes and internet problems. <laughs> you can always count on those. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see Lauren. And- okay, there you are. My battery. Sorry, is- you were gone for a while. Oh, my battery. We were really we were low. doing a bluesy kind of riff I heard, off I heard. of internet. It was good. I do want to say real quick that uh, Sherry made the point way back that um, it seemed a little cowardly. I mean, I know we I kind of wrote it off uh, by saying, you know, it's a kid's book and we can't get around to everybody's love life. But she did, you, you know, the fact that J.K. Rowling came out after the books and said that Double Door was gay um, seemed a little bit like, I use this term when I talk to Sherry, virtue signaling. Which is just letting everybody yeah. know that you are on the right side. And I'm not saying right. that that's necessarily what it was. But um, when I heard that, that this script was not going to... I mean, and again, we don't know because we haven't seen it. Right. Um, when I heard that, that's what came to mind was, oh, okay. It was just sort of like to let all the cool people know she's on the cool side. But then when it comes down to it, right. I yeah. can't say that's and what it like, is, though. I think, like, like people are like, well, it's, you know, it's kids' books and we don't talk about anybody's, like, relationships or whatever. But, like, they, they do talk about, you know, there are other characters whose relationships are discussed, right? Like, Remus and Tonks or, like, Bill yeah. and Fleur. Or even, like, at Hogwarts, like, you know, they have all the right. kids having crushes on each other and, like, dating and whatever. But, like, there are never, you know, gay couples discussed, like, yeah, There had to be some. School. Um, so even just beyond... Yeah, beyond yeah. Dumbledore's, like, you know, beyond Dumbledore being gay, like, I think the fact that it doesn't come up at all, you know, is really unlikely. Um, or just the especially fact, like, he's explicitly talking about, you know, relationships and, like, kids hooking up for the first time or whatever. With Dumbledore, though, it's, like, they're beyond just a student-teacher relationship, right? Like, he's, like, a mentor to Harry, and they spend so much time in the sixth book, like, looking at, like, memories and talking about, you know. um, Again, we could also talk about personal boundaries. He's also British, which is another thing. Like, I I know I keep coming back to that, but I know that there's just, like, these, these kind of British qualms of what you say and what you don't say and 
you know, what you talk about and him being from a different time. And so what I'm saying is that beyond just thinking about like Dumbledore, not talking about like not saying that Dumbledore's gay in the books and saying that right. later, it's odd to me that there are no other gay characters in this entire magical world. Right. None of the other created. teenagers have a problem with PDA in public. You know what I mean? None of the teenagers have a problem with that. So, Wait, so is, is, um, Professor Sprout not gay? I mean, it's definitely never explicitly I feel like the, the actor's gay. I, I think that's what we're thinking of. Well, yeah, the actor's gay, but I always thought that Professor Sprout was gay, but maybe I was wrong. But yes, I could get, I could see what you're saying about J.K. Rowling herself. Like, why why did she reveal it later? You know, what does that yeah. mean? Because I think it also would have made sense for it to come up when Aberforth is, like, telling them about, you yeah. know, with Ariana and with Grindelwald, um... Like, it could have easily come up then without Dumbledore, like, you know, sharing that with Harry. Like, it was very relevant to the story that Aberforth tells about, um, mm -hmm. about Ariana. And in the, in the, also in the discussion of just the fact that we've come very far just in the past five years on, um, openness of just homosexuality in general, because the books were written when, like, the first book was written in 1997, right? Yeah. So I think maybe we could also speculate that if the books were written later, like say now, that's fair. There might be more references to that because it is more commonplace to discuss it and more people are more open about their sexuality than they ever have been. But then again, in 1997, like you didn't see com you didn't see commercials with same-sex couples like you do now. You didn't see like legal marriage, you know, gay marriage wasn't legal and I wonder though. I do wonder if she if 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 she could write them again if there would be a change. If she wrote yeah, them. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's kind of the expectation with the movies and I think that's where people yeah. like again, having not seen them, it's hard to say, but I think that's why people are so disappointed is because like it's, it's like now's your chance. We're like at a point where people are kind of more open about about that and so you would think like this is like you're saying what if she could write them again now but like that's kind of where she is now happening. i hope you're right and that we're gonna get to see more not only of just heterosexual couples but that yeah the, this love that that we've all been speculating about for years i don't know i don't know what kinds of threats she was receiving but the attitude in which she uh <laughs> replied to the controversy was i don't know her attitude was a little stinky. Um, I don't put her as much on the pedestal yeah. as uh, uh, as I do the work. And it, I, even that, you know, I constantly make fun of. But it's with love. Uh, but she is a human being, and she can only, you know, act as a human being does. And I guess if somebody was coming after me without exactly. knowing the full story, I'd be pretty mad about it, too. To the point about, yeah. like, her, uh, I mean, we only sort of touched on this in the last episode, but her sort of presenting the African school, you know, and... Um, and then yeah. as soon as the controversy came out, rather than say, rather than sort of owning the mistake, she's like, uh, I'll put some more stuff up. It's in Uganda. Well, why didn't you say that? I feel like she pulled it out of her butt. So, so here's the thing. And just to like back up and give a little more context in case people don't know the controversy. Like, so when she announced the wizarding schools besides Hogwarts, um, there was one in what, Japan, mm -hmm. Brazil, yeah. the U.S., and then just Africa, like the entire continent of Africa and its 54 countries get one school. And I mean, she says like, there were other, there were a number of other schools, but the only one that has stood the test of time is um, mm -hmm. Wagadu. And then she just says it's in Africa, which is like, 
obviously kind of a, a sensitive subject anyway because I think a lot of people right. do just lump all of the very distinct countries in Africa Especially together. Especially Westerners because Westerners don't 100% yeah. understand sociological and ec- economical aspects of of Africa as a and as its parts. So like when she got called out for this, she was like, it's in Uganda and we'll I'll update Pottermore to reflect that. But Pottermore still doesn't say anything about it being in Uganda. It yeah, it just the, says uh, the, the moon, something of the mountain, something the, like that. The mountain of the moon is, I think, what it says, which I think people are speculating is there one's Ruanzori Mountains, um, where I went gorilla trekking. I didn't see a wizarding school. But anyway, yeah. I think oh, speculated yeah. that those, like, if it's Uganda, those would be the mountains that would make sense for it to be. Say in a tweet, she says, I agree. Pottermore should say that, and we'll we'll change description. And it didn't. And it wasn't really a, like a sorry, my bad. You know what I mean? Like it didn't really take responsibility. You wrote it in the first place, right? So like obviously that is what you were you were just thinking about it as kind of one right. Why is it an afterthought? Say that up front if that's where right because it kind of feels is. disingenuous. It feels disingenuous for her to tack on the yeah. Uganda thing. And it's also, I think part of the criticism is also, like, the name Wagadu sounds a lot like the capital of Burkina Faso. Which is a completely distinct... Um, people are like, you're conflating, like, Western Africa mm-hmm. and East Africa and... Obviously, she doesn't know a lot about Africa. <laughs> Which maybe she should have admitted in her tweet. Like, hey, oops, I messed up. Yeah. Exactly. Or maybe, like, like I mean, it's like she wants to... Like, I read something that was like she wants to get the credit for kind of, like, you know, having thought about making a school there. But it's like, do, right. do your research, you know? Like, don't just, like, say, oh, there's the African school and think nobody's going to be like, wait, why does just... Africa get a school and not like you know a specific country there are three European schools the smallest continent yeah exactly yeah like Africa is 54 <laughs> countries like you would think there's like a school in Mali and a school in Uganda and a school in you know Namibia like that would make sense the point about there being a bunch of other smaller schools that didn't stick sticks in my craw just a little bit like why are they not sticking in in this very large continent i don't know that she's trying to say anything about the unstable governments or whatever to get back to her response i just don't think it was sufficient it's pretty obvious that most westerners do right so don't try and make a fake wizarding school without doing your research first is is the point and she didn't sort of acknowledge that she did an oops you like and and that's my problem that was sort of my knee jerk because of that you know response my knee jerk reaction to her response to this controversy was that it wasn't that it was i didn't like the tone of it but it's not you know again i don't know to what extent she was being sort of attacked on twitter so it's fair but it's like acknowledge that there's a problem exactly right, like right. just coming at you out of nowhere like acknowledge that people's concerns are legitimate. Don't act like people are being, like, kind of irrational, I guess. She mentions, too, that many wizards are homeschooled, so, and that it's easier in bigger cunty, uh, cunties. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. Um, Counties? What I was saying was that it's easier in bigger continents that have many countries the homeschool because you don't have to travel to get to this place a little cunty homeschool good i'm sure they have like magical you know like flu powder equivalent or maybe they don't though there's no there's no um flus there's flus in africa they've got some flus down in africa 
she was well-meaning, but she just didn't do enough research or know exactly yeah. what she was doing. <laughs> and to that point, I feel like she has, I don't, it's cyclical. I don't know that she, if she set herself up as sort of like a, a liberal and progressive sort of like a voice or if her fans have set her up and, and she's going off of that. But I feel like that's where the impetus is coming from. Like she feels like she needs to make herself known as somebody who's on the right side right. of history. The fact that she and her fans understand her to be this sort of progressive right. voice has made it, it's become a priority, I think. And I think once you get to a certain point where people look at you a certain way, maybe you become a little bit more careless. And you feel like your fans are going to be on your side. Get a research assistant. Get a research assistant and figure this shit out. Uh, The privilege is that you've made a billion dollars. And the burden is that you have to uh, tread carefully. (laughs) Definitely. And I do appreciate that she continues to create work for her very rabid fan base. One of the things that, like, obviously, and this is, you know where I'm going to cut her a little slack is that I think it's really hard for anybody that's like a writer or an artist of any kind to, to accept the fact that like at a certain point, once you put your work out into the world, it does not solely belong to you anymore. Pottermore could be not a thing. She wrote the books and then she fell off the face of the planet. Like many authors do. And because she, like you said, she certainly has enough money that she could just like peace out and never talk to anybody again. I think she relishes the uh, interaction. I think she, likes making people happy um i think she relishes the interaction of the community and you know though she didn't apologize really apologize for her uh faux pas she does every day on the uh every year on the anniversary of the battle of hogwarts apologize for one of the deaths i love that i love that i love it so much i don't think she should apologize people have to die it's true it's true when you write not everyone Mm -hmm. can live Unless you're writing a book where nobody dies, which is plenty of them, but... When I write my, uh, the book based on my dissertation, I'm really hoping nobody dies. There's going to be a postscript uh, dedicated to Sherry Salter, who gave her life for oh, this God, book. no, let's not... No, no, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm joking. Knock on wood. Rest in peace, Dale. This book, this book dedicated to Dale. <laughs> I like that you guys said I had spatter groit. Did we? talk, though, and I'm glad... Ourselves, do we do that every week? I don't know. I'm Dale. I'm Sherry. I'm Lauren. Why did I say that? Like and that? I drank. <laughs> and I'm Sherry. I drank English tea with a a splash of half and half. Once again, I drank Celestial Seasoning Sleepy Time Tea. And thanks to our other sponsor, Coca Cola <laughs> Cherry Zero, which is the best beverage I've ever tasted. Uh. Everybody go get Coke Cherry Zero and think of me. They don't need free advertising. That's true. Nobody. Sorry, Coke is evil. Right? They privatized water in the country of Africa. You're like the only person that I know that likes Pepsi. What? Ohio is Pepsi country. I don't drink sodas, but when I did years ago, I preferred Pepsi to Coke. Pepsi has a richer flavor, a deeper... It's not quite as sweet. I mean, it's yeah. still plenty sweet, but like it has a it has something else going for it, and I appreciate it. Although, I prefer the like Mexican Coke to Pepsi, like the sugar and not corn syrup. Uh, have you ever had Nicaraguan Pepsi? Because that shit's bananas. I no, know. I haven't. We gotta do our spell, and I feel like our spell tonight should be about uh, apologizing. That's a good one.
for when you make a real big fuck up and you need to apologize publicly, you know, it sends an apology out just to the public. Um, <laughs> should it just be called Sherry Culpa or no? I haven't had a Sherry Culpa in a long time because Sherry hasn't done anything wrong. No. Uh, that's doubtful. I probably just haven't been paying attention. So I apologize for not paying attention to all of my mistakes. Sherry Culpa. I, I apologize for being an um, ignorant Westerner. I think the spell is just you say your name and then Culpa. I think that's yeah, probably it, right? I like it. Mm. So. Del Culpa. We're all gonna. This is. Boy, it's been the sorting chat. I do want to say that Lauren should write that uh, McGonagall, uh, Miss Fig, Mrs. Fig. Okay. I'm gonna spitball it right now. Uh, I think that uh, Mrs. Fig, in my fan fiction, which is never going to be as good as Sherry's, because I'm still an apprentice. <laughs> She's so good. But uh, in my fan fiction, we get the backstory of like why Mrs. Fig has so many cats, and it's because in her youth, uh, before, I don't know, I think this is after McGonagall uh, has already lost her husband. I think she met Mrs. Fig somehow. Um, and they had carried on some kind of relationship, but, but like McGonagall was never completely open, right? Like, cause she, her heart's been broken and she's just not completely yeah. open. You know what I mean? Is Mrs. Fig really McGonagall's type? She's like kind of, McGonagall's just so like stern and like, you know, serious and Mrs. Fig's kind of a walking disaster. I know, but people, you know, <laughs> op- opposites attract, uh, passion. I mean, it, That's it's true. probably why they didn't st- it stick together. They just weren't compatible in that way. But yeah. when it comes to, you know, just having having fun, um, I think that's what Fair. she was. Uh, and she was probably trying to fill a hole in her heart. I'm talking about McGonagall that yeah. was left behind after, you know, Dougal died. We don't even know who Dougal is because I didn't read that story right. And then her husband died. So she was trying to fill that hole. Uh, and, uh, and I think once it ended, and I think it probably ended badly, just because I think Mrs. Fig was in love with her. I mean, who wouldn't be? How did she meet Mrs. Fig? She met Mrs. Fig yeah. uh, because Mrs. Fig had a job in Diagon Alley uh, as a squib. She, you know, she didn't she didn't go to school. She wouldn't have met her in school. But I think she probably let's let's what was her? She worked at a magical menagerie. In, uh, oh, that's in... where she got all the measles. Is it Mrs. Fig or Miss Fig? Oh, I don't know. I think it's Mrs. Fig because. That would make, you know, that would add another layer. Right. Maybe they were both, um, you know, widows. They're both widows. Mm, yeah. But anyway, she didn't start adopting cats and taking them home until after her relationship with um, McGonagall imploded. Um, it's just she, she, she started to have a real big liking for cats after that. And that's how she remembers that time in her life. I don't think Mrs. Fig is completely unhappy. I think she knew it was never going to work. Would this have happened uh, before, before or after? I didn't before or after what? Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, like, <laughs> did Mrs. Fig live across the street from Harry, like from the Dursleys, before Harry got no, there? No, they or put she her there. Come in? Does McGonagall put her there? McGonagall puts her there. <gasps> McGonagall. She knows that she can trust her to do this job because they've had this relationship in the past exactly yeah. and also she visits her to check up on <gasps> harry she does there's and she's a cat so she just shows up in her cat form she knows walks who it right is. in she knows who i it wonder is. if she's that... ever there what if she's there when harry uh comes over sometimes because <gasps> she you know because she's just another cat 
that Harry sees and it's just like, oh, there's another cat. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe maybe That'd be crazy. Maybe the the affair lingers. Who knows? Maybe the affair lingers through. Uh, maybe it never stops. Maybe it never. Maybe stops. not. Maybe. Mm. I like this whole story. Like listeners, uh, send li- us your fanfics and we'll yeah, read them on the podcast. And... We'll act it out on the podcast. <gasps> Radio no, theater. Send us your stuff at uh, the sorting chat at gmail dot com. This has been. Oh, we still have a Twitter at the sorting chat. Follow us on Twitter so we don't feel like big buttholes. Buttholes. This has been the sorting chat. Uh, we've been talking for an awful long time about some stuff. But we hope that you uh, continue to listen to us. Find us on Facebook.com slash Sorting Chat. And thank you to Zach Stidham, who I'm trying to remember to thank him every time. Thank you for writing us this great theme that you're probably hearing right now. Because at this point, I've put it under our words that we're speaking right now. So, um, And check out his art page. We're sorry for something tonight. So, uh, Lauren Culpa. Sherry Culpa. Dale Culpa. It's the Sorting Chat Culpa. Bye. Bye.